The sounds you can hear are part of the Library of Cynicism, an artwork by Oswaldo Marcia. This is Pod Academy. I'm Joe Barrett. My name is Donald Smith. I'm Director of Exhibitions at Chelsea Space, which is on the campus of Chelsea College of Art and Design. We do uh, five or six exhibitions a year here, but rather than showcase the staff or students of the college, we work with external art and design professionals on experimental curatorial projects around art, design and popular culture. I went to see a, an, a, an exhibition about olfactory art in Paris about 15 years ago and I perhaps thought oh we're going to sort of see a kind of a great you know kind of outpouring of of kind of uh, works containing smells but in fact it's still a kind of a fairly kind of unmined sort of territory and I was very interested in Oswaldo's kind of he, he talks about the kind of the the um, audio olfactory um, and how you know we're kind of very used to talking about the audio visual but we don't kind of so much talk about the audio olfactory. The response has been really, really fantastic to the show, and uh, it really tells me that kind of there's an interest there if you if you present things to people. the The piece is kind of is interesting, and it, it's kind of spatial. You know, there's the sound work, and then there's the then there's the smell, and then there's the look of the tanks, and 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 somehow it, it's interesting how, you know, until you experience something like that, you know, to think about about kind of uh, how our sense of smell is kind of related to our sense of space and that was for me was an interesting kind of uh, thing to think about but of course then there are all the kind of philosophical and intellectual levels that Oswaldo is looking at as well the show is called uh, the library of cynicism and he's been researching into the kind of history and philosophy of of kind of uh, cynicism that was donald smith director of exhibitions at the chelsea space now here's Oswaldo himself to sum up the piece in his own words. I made this piece, The Library of Cynics, where I'm using five expressions from the School of Cynics. So I would like to just to analyse from a smell point of view and from an acoustic point of view. And I put it together, and I five smells, and I in each one in one aquarium. And the piece sound in the background sound like they don't have nothing to do with cynics. It's in a, it's in a symphony of cicadas. Chelsea Space as a, you know, as a physical entity, um, the curator, Teresa Gledow, has uh, described it as the smallest spiral in the world. You come in through the small kind of front door then there's a kind of a, a, a little corridor, an entrance space. Then there's a kind of a, a long, narrow ramp space. And then you turn the corner into the light and you're into the kind of the, the main space. And as you go up the ramp, there's nothing at first. And then there are some of Oswaldo's drawings, which kind of seem to represent kind of bubbly forms. And then you turn the corner and then there are the actual bubbles of the tanks um, in, in the smell tanks of Oswaldo's main installation here. So we use the kind of the architectural space as a kind of perhaps a metaphor for, you know, ideas around, you know, kind of a bit like uh, an immersion tank, you know, where you sort of go in at the bottom and you kind of like have to make your way to the surface.
So we curl up the corridor, emerging into the noise of bubbling scent tanks and cicadas. And Oswaldo revealed to me another way in which the space chimes with his work. Concha is the, the snail, the, the shell of the, the snail, because it's an, a caracol, it's kind of shaped like that. Like. Does it is a clochea come from that word, from concha, for it's a, like the snail going inside this little moving around the one we have in the garden <laughs> anyway. It's not. Well, and this idea come from, from this shell shape and sound is transformed from wave into electronic information in our brain just through this kind of concha, through this kind of cloche, through this kind of idea. Donald speak about this spiral of the, of the gallery. So it was a, a lovely association between the shape of the place and the ideas behind of this kind of shell or concha or clochea where the sound normally traveling. So this space has uh, really an interesting uh, relation. Smells are an unusual material for an artist to be working with. Oswaldo explained to me how he uses scent in his art how we relate to it, and how it works with the other elements he uses to create his multi-sensory scenarios. Once I have the opportunity, because we live in the same city, I have a chance to ask to Garcia Marquez about the, the smell, because he wrote a book in Spanish, the smell, El Olor de la Guayaba, so it's the smell of uh, guavas, it's a fruit, like a, a fig, similar to fig. So when this fruit appears, it's kind of the summary of the book, when this fruit appears, it's a revolution in the village because everybody makes sweet with that, cooking with that, the flower of the smell. Well, it's, it's an, uh, no one can ignore is in the season of that plant. So he wrote an, a fragment and a novel about that kind of thing. And obviously all his books have been translating in several languages. And I, uh, because the book is talking about basically the smell of this particular fruit, I asked him you know, how he thinks this kind of the reader, the one read about this kind of thing, can imagine if it's this person from Norway. And he, he very smiled, he said, well, you know what the people love when they read that? They go into the memory and they look something very similar, uh, maybe the smell of fish, and, and they take this smell already half in the memory and they apply it to the smell of Guayaba or guava, you know. So you all, and it's true, after my second readings, and you always, you smell, you associate it with something you already have, and you give it a name, and mm -hmm. you embed it in your archive, and in the way in the brain works, it's just a new piece of information you archive in your brain. So you rename, and next time it's not something new, it's something like, a, yes, I know exactly. Could you explain what you mean by a ocular-centric mode of perception. But this is a term using, actually, it's just an, a word composed of ocular, come from vision, ocular, ocular. So, centric is center, concentration. So it's just an, uh, when we're talking about ocular centricity, it's just a composed word to focus in the queen of the senses, it's vision. We, we recognize, you know, in the Western society, vision is, I can see, equal truth. And con the whole visual art is full based on this kind of vision element. 
but we ignoring something. That is just only one way how information get into our brain. Soon they pass through perception, we have just only one language inside of our brain. It's the electronic language through the own neurons. So, and also the Greeks say that the things make sense when all the senses working together. So this idea to just to focus in, in this visual discourse of aesthetic is really 100 years old, decadent perception, a decadent opinion in art, and we're running really behind of how we understand. So, Do you hope through your work that people coming and paying attention and having, having this attention forced on them is going to change the way that they see their environment generally in their day-to-day lives? Yeah, in the way how we perceive knowledge, in the way how the external world we constantly relate, we just only don't see from one sense in the way. You know, we read the newspaper every day, as you I read the Guardian, we see the news, we pass the page, now we don't pass the page, just simple select, delete, or move to the next page, you know, scroll down, and we continue. And vision is, yeah, we have received so much information with the ocular way, and we completely anesthetize with this kind of thing. The language in our brain is an electric, electronic language. When just one language conforms through the perceptions, all that kind of things around us. The, the perceiver is what really interests me. I'm interested in this kind of electro, electronic information. That's the reason I create the ocular acoustic compositions. When this, I call it the senses libraries, when the library of smell can actually mix with the library of audio and can create this re-read information we have. Things make sense when all the sense working together. So obviously I not really have to respond to the acoustic piece, the sound piece, directly with the molecules I use in the smell. No, no. The brain is so vast in the way to understand to perceive. I like to to create some smell pieces, thinking as well in the olfactory pieces as well, and and the vision on the element. The vision is the frame holder, you know. And the name is another part of the piece as well, as an any kind of object because in the way brains work, you read and you immediately image come out in your in your brain, so you cannot ignore the title. The title actually is as important as the, the table or stand or the record player, you know? So each element working in, in kind of conjunctions in some way, but they are not strictly responding to one to another one. So I created scenarios because, you know, olfactory could develop some kind of narrative things, and the acoustic can develop another narrative. So, you know, the vision could be the bridge between that two, you know. So more like yeah, scenarios, I could say. The way I see things, I think we respond to, we need to go back to 
Duchamp 100 years ago with the idea of ready-made and they made very clear as well the brain of the people finished the piece. In that way we can go back to what I said before, uh, what I create is just an scenario with circumstances happen. So I make a piece we presented in, in Germany two years ago and I, I we're making this kind of bathtub running with kind of black water. But the smell was carrot seeds. You know how is the smell of carrot seeds? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't describe. So people were, I know, but I don't know exactly. I know, but, and I like to put people in this kind of makeup bracket. And in this bracket, I think you, you have to rethink what you know. And, I, and that's what it really an art piece can actually function or the function in the way you could need to reshape and re-evaluate evaluate, evaluate to what you consider knowledge or what you really know. I know, but I don't know. So you have to actually re-question how you perceive is really what you perceive what you perceive, you know. And I like to stand the audience or the receiver in the board of the senses, you know, to just something we never something we don't like to to know we have a limitations but yes we have a limited set of perception can we jump back to the exhibition which is here mm. and could you maybe just give me a bit of an introduction of the library of cynicism what that means and what you're trying to do with this show yeah but the 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 cynics is something is on my table for a long time and this political situation the, the ones we live now we cannot ignore, we cannot be outside we cannot live in a bubble knowing what is going on in Europe or knowing what is going on in Spain as it really is just uh, the way we get this information mainly visually from the news and, and we, we see so much cynicism anyway we are in a, for me we live in the decade of the cynics anyway so I studied the Daoyenes, the school of cynic 300 before Christ, Daoyenes. Peter Stodesky brought up a fantastic book as well, the, the German philosopher of all, Cynics. And Cynics in the Present, and reading Spanish literature about Cynics. And we are Cynics, I am Cynics. I don't believe yes, don't say, because obviously society already just prepared us. If we don't see it, we don't believe anyway. And when we listen to the politician, we are so skeptical about the thing. So, cynic comes from both ways, and the peace sound in the background sound like it do not have nothing to do with cynics. It's in a, it's in a symphony of cicadas, cicadas from different parts of the world. We have in England just one type of cicadas in New Forest. The another one comes from Brazil, Indonesia, Africa, different places. I love this kind of cicada. They spend seven years, sometimes 14 years under the ground. And when they come out, they need to have the most beautiful sound. It's part of the procreation. So it's like a truly language, you know. And, and, and they play the sound with uh, timbals. It's the muscles they got here in the stomach, uh, the abdominals. So it's a uh, timbal symphony in some way. And they have the ability to listen. When one arrives, all of them get quiet, and they listen the next one. And after they start all together. And it's, 
it's just the complexity of the language. We think all of them sound the same, but they don't sound the same. You know, it's more information beyond our own, our own perceived knowledge or understanding. If you bring some cicada from, from Indonesia, you will say to me, that it's an electronic instrument. I say, no, 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 no. It's actually, it's a little animal like that, five centimeters long, <laughs> looking for a panna. <laughs> and that's simple like that. And the sound is so sophisticated, you know. And, and, and I like to bring people in this kind of limited of that kind of thing. Just, no, what you hear is not what you think. You know, it's something more. And from another way, from the acoustic, from acoustic point of view, comedy composition, from an olfactory point of view, comedy composition, may an a scenario when these two play together. So now come the mind of the perceiver, and they will finish the piece in some way. So that's the library of cynic. The Library of Cynicism is at the Chelsea space. Chelsea College of Art and Design until the 20th of July. This podcast was a production for Pod Academy. If hearing about the Library of Cynicism interested you, you might be interested in another programme I made for Pod Academy all about anosmia, the inability to smell and how it can affect people. It's up at podacademy.org along with many other programmes spread across the four faculties of Humanities and Social Sciences, Science and the Environment, Arts and Culture, and Business and Economics.